The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. If you haven't yet subscribed to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel, also do that while you're here. Let's get into it. While we wait for five-star prospect Cooper Flagg to publicly commit to a school with a Division I basketball program. Two top 101 lists have published at CBSSports.com. One is Norlander's top 101 teams. The other is our panel's top 101 players. Deadleg, let's start with your list of the top 101 college basketball teams in the country. You put Purdue number one. I'm fine with it. I think it's totally sensible. I nearly did it myself. But there's probably somebody out there who thinks you're an idiot for putting a team that lost to Fairleigh Dickinson in the first round of the 2023 NCAA tournament, number one, just six months later. What would you say to those people? I mean, I don't really concern myself with those people. To be they're honest. out there. It doesn't. I, I, I'm not bothered by those people. So. But they're out there. They can they can be out there. That's fine. They can still be out there. They can listen to this podcast. We can both enjoy college basketball. Um, I don't make my list based off of what I think the reactions of other people will be. So Purdue to me makes the most sense on with everything they bring back, having the national player of the year front runner, comfortable front runner. Uh, considering this team was yes, it lost to a 16 seed, but established itself clearly as a one seed a season ago, and in the traditional mold of being able to return so much. And, and be a national title contender and have someone that's considered a top 10 coach in the sport, which is another thing that cynics will obviously push back on considering Matt Painter's, you know, frequent uh, face plants in the tournament. I get all that. But if you, I'm not going to let you talk like about Matt Painter like that. Well, there, there have been some Matt Painter would admit that he's had frequent face plants in the tournament. I've talked to Matt Painter about having frequent face plants in the NCAA tournament. It's just a reality of life. He knows he's got to get past it. He's also aware that <clears throat> until Purdue winds up making a deep run in the tournament, this is going to be a thing that particularly sticks to him and his program over all other things, like over having a national player of the year. But uh, ultimately, you know, I decided I tried to project the team that I thought had the best chance at being the best team over the next five months. And to me, that is the Purdue Boilermakers. I mean, it's... It's Friday. 
it's early. We're trying to get the weekend started early and we barely two minutes into this thing. And you were saying some outrageous stuff about Matt Painter. Take it I back. picked his team first in the preseason, which is higher than you. What are we talking about? I just don't want to hear that kind of stuff. What are we even talking about here? I don't like you talking about Matt Painter like that. Again, Matt Painter would talk about Matt Painter like that. So you <laughs> he would. He actually that. would, which is which yes, is which is you can appreciate it. Yes, of course. You can appreciate it. I tell you, um I I I can also appreciate that you don't make lists based on um how people react. I do sometimes. Um I do. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I there was a moment where I mean, like 30 minutes before Fairleigh Dickinson game. If you would have said, "Okay, GP, you got to update the top twenty-five and one here in a few weeks. Got to have a pre- who's going to be number one?" I would have probably said, uh, "Looks like Purdue." I mean, Jesus, if Edie comes back, they're probably bringing just about everybody else back, and the, the Big Ten regular season champs by a million games. They won the Big Ten tournament. They're a number one seed. Uh, they might be on their way to a Final Four, even a national championship. They got the National Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, that's probably we'll start to list after that. And when they lost to Fairleigh Dickinson, I was like, "It's going to be bad." It's going to be bad if you do it. Yep. And you could, as long as I could preface my initial 1.0 of the top 25 and one with, I'm projecting Adama Sanogo back and Andre Jackson back. And you kind of bring back X of the top X, whatever, from a national championship team. You could, you could reasonably go with UConn. And I did. Ultimately, as rosters changed over the months, uh, I landed on Kansas as my preseason number one. You've got them lower than most. I'm going to make you explain that too. Um, sure. but there was a time where I thought, uh, yeah, Purdue's probably going to be number one heading into the 2023, 24 season. Um, and I have no issue with anybody who puts them there or anybody who votes them there. Um, it, it, it makes sense based on every way any person would do this type of thing. As long as you don't get too hung up on the way the season ended. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, you know, I I do these rankings independent of uh, truly independent of where these teams wind up in preseason metrics. Uh, having said that, Purdue does happen to be number one at Ken Palm. It's number one at Evan Maya and number one at Torvik. Uh, Scouts Honor did not look at those rankings and say, "I'm going to do this." In fact, <clears throat> I was I was aware that Purdue on fire. Was, I was aware that Purdue was, I was aware that Purdue was number one at Ken Palm, but I didn't even realize uh, that it was number one at this other one. So. Uh, there is agreement there. I'll run down my top 10 and then I want some GP thoughts. And then if you want me to explain, uh, go ahead. And I'm hoping you look this up. I'm curious where the teams in that, basically every team in your top 25 and one, uh, the greatest discrepancy and ranking where those are and your highest ranked team or two that I don't have, say maybe even my top 30 or certainly in my top 26 teams. So if you have that, have it ready at the ready, but here's my top 10. I go Purdue. I go Marquette number two. You will not find Marquette ranked higher anywhere than at these esteemed, never wrong, always flawless rankings. Go ahead and fact check me. I have Kansas at number three. Then if you want to consider Marquette at two a curveball, I'll, I'll grant you that. But the first like true curveball is I put the Baylor Bears fourth. Uh, as this podcast uh, listenership well knows, Gary Parish hates Scott Drew, and I'm the only one that ever gives this program any kind of respect. Yes, Baylor at four, which is a lot higher than you will see it everywhere else. I have Duke five. I have Texas A&M six. I feel Texas A&M will be the best team in the SEC, and I think there is a very good chance that the best team in the SEC will rank as one of the six best teams in the country at the end of the season. I have Creighton seven. I have Arizona eight. I have Houston nine, 
And I have the USC Trojans just narrowly behind Arizona, the Pac-12 at 10. We'll get to some other teams outside that ranking in just a few here. But uh, your thoughts on my top 10 and the most lingering pressing questions for you, Gary Parrish. I didn't hear a thing you said after you disparaged my relationship with Scott Drew. Yeah, you blacked out in anger, huh? I blacked out in anger on that one. Um, First off, you know, I love Scott Drew. You can't even name who owns Huck, so I don't want to hear it. I I, I do know who. Scott and Kelly own Huck. You sure? I'm pretty sure. Would you bet your life on it? Yeah, I'm. I've had a good run. Okay, you've had a good run. So this yeah. is. I, I don't need. I don't need much more of this. Okay. <laughs> Who needs much more of this? Okay. Just all right. That's now that we got. To yes, I'll bet my life. What do I care? All right. All right. What do I care? <laughs> I've had. I've had. A, I had a good run. You know, nobody. You don't need much. It don't get. Everything I'm reading says it doesn't get better from here. Okay. You uh, know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everything yeah. I've heard says the best is probably behind me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. So um, yes. I blacked out after you disparaged my relationship with Scott Drew. Let the record show. I love Matt Painter. I love Scott Drew. I hope I never have to pick between the two. All right. You literally did, and you literally will every single day this season. But continue. <sighs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> it is true. It is true. All that said, it is true that I have Baylor 18th in the top 25 and one, and you have Baylor 14 sports spots higher at, at number four. Why? And hey, no jokey jokes right now. I'm, I yeah, want yeah, you. Yeah. Why do you think I'm so much lower on Baylor than you, even though I'm basically at this point a member of the Drew family? Okay. So, in all seriousness, uh, when I do this list, and I feel like I semi-explain this almost every uh, every fall when we get to talking about this, um, I'm making a list that I honestly. This is my honest attempt at trying to project the best teams. Uh, having said that, I am also generally aware of the semi-consensus that evolves over the course of an offseason. And before I answer the Baylor question, I do want to address this real quick because I want to I want to make a point on this. Because obviously there has been some backlash to some teams that I've placed either in the eyes of fans that are just way too high or way too low. Uh, and that's to be expected. And that's com- completely fine. If anything, it reminds me that there just there are a lot of people that are super heavily invested into their team in college basketball. That's an amazing thing. It's a very good thing for you and me. Who get covered? Who get paid to cover the sport year round? Uh, having said that, um, because GP and and basically every major publishing outlet, uh, in addition to the fact that you can go in the middle of July and see that Torvik has posted his preseason rankings, right? Kempom doesn't update and refresh until closer to the start of the season, but there are continually updating off-season top twenty-five rankings for college basketball that start on you know the first second week of april and continue all the way up until where we are right now i think it has conditioned readers and informed readers and media people to get a little comfortable with where teams should or shouldn't be ranked and that's fine i think it is probably on on some level it is inevitable but i think we have hit a point in 2023 and in the past, you know, three, four years where it wasn't like this 10, 12 years ago, certainly not 15 years ago, GP, when you were just starting out at CBS, when you could get to the middle of October and any given AP voters preseason ballot could be something drastically different from another. And that was just that. And when we, you know, they took the votes, they put in a preseason AP top 25 poll, uh, newspapers and websites posted theirs, and you would see more variety of thought. Now I think we get too comfortable with the idea of, well, this this place and this place had this team 
eighth and 11. So I couldn't possibly consider putting them like lower than 13th. I say no to that. I think diversity of thought is good. We should take chances. Every single ranking, every single preseason will drastically miss on teams that are too high or too low. I did a top 101 teams a season ago. Guess who wasn't on the list? Florida Atlantic. That was a big whiff. That's okay. So with that in mind, I try and assemble this list honestly, with the teams that I think are going to be the best, but also with an acknowledgement that, you know what, if I think a team's got a real chance of being good, maybe I should put them three spots, five spots, depending on where they fall on my list, 10 spots higher than I might be comfortable with because there will inevitably be surprise teams. So with that in mind, I do think Baylor is going to find itself to be the second best team in the Big 12. A a big reason for that is I think Jacoby Walter will be a better freshman this season than Keontae George was last season. It's not just him. The fact that they bring in Ray J. Dennis, who I think Baylor fans are very excited about, but I I said on our uh, Big 12 preview, I think he's got a chance to win Big 12 Player of the Year. Like I think Ray J. Dennis could be as statistically impactful and and valuable on an every game basis as Hunter Dickinson at Kansas. They bring back a huge veteran in everyday John, which I don't think you can understate. Jalen Bridges is supremely underrated. I love their role players. And then in talking to a few different NBA people, Eves Missy. Now we'll see if he actually winds up hitting, but the non five-star freshman that has gotten the most buzz over the past month plus uh, across the country is Eves Missy at Baylor. He's a freshman four who can do all sorts of stuff and has the talent. We'll see if his impact is there, but he has the talent and the measurables to potentially be a one and done kind of player. So I am going a slightly against the grain with a program who, by the way, is accustomed to finishing in the top 10. And I said, why the hell not? Really, really good coach. They've got enough in the backcourt. They definitely have the athleticism. They definitely have the talent. Jaden Nunn's another guy coming in. So I went with Baylor narrowly to finish behind Kansas. And that's my three, four, the big 12 should be the best league. It stands to reason that it wouldn't be so long of a, such a long shot that two of the five best teams in the country were from that league. At what point did you realize being an independent thinker was going to make you go lower on bill self than anybody else? Uh, right off the bat. And again, this is the thing. Like I picked, I picked Kansas third and, and that's, that's not even unreasonable. First of all, can't, Kansas, every time it's both unreasonable and disrespectful, not even remotely close. How about this? Three times previously, Kansas has been the preseason number one team. Here's how those season ended in 2019 lost in the second round to Auburn injuries in 2009 lost uh, in the sweet 16 solid, but not great injuries Our preseason number one team in 2005 lost to Bucknell. In the first round. Injuries. Last preseason number one team to win the title and prove to be the best team in the sport. 08-09 North Carolina. So there's also that as well. So um, I also think Dickinson's going to be really, really good. I think he might be slightly inflated. We'll get to that on our our top 101 players list. But again, I'm taking Kansas. Oh my God. I'm Kansas, Kansas, Kansas is overrated. Dickinson's overrated. I have Kansas third in the entire sport. And Parrish can, is beside himself over this. It's, Kansas it's, is overrated. That's Hunter what I'm talking about. The idea that Kansas can't be one or two and suddenly like I'm this massive contrarian, that's not it at all. Third is a national title contender. Is more likely than not in terms of the rankings to be in the final four. So there's way too much groupthink on Kansas being number one. This never works out this way. If anything, I'm taking the more rational, reasonable, and likely to be correct approach by not being another yapping mouth that's going to take KU in the one spot heading into the season. I don't like it when journalists take it upon themselves to punish programs um, that that they feel like got off 
uh, for NCAA violations. What it feels like you're doing right now. Like, hey, if the NCAA won't get you, I will. You're third in my top 101. That's what it feels like. Again, the idea that I'm ranking a program third is quote unquote punishment. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're outrageous right now. <laughs> you're, I don't know why you think it's your responsibility to punish yeah. Bill Self in Kansas. I don't know why, Miss. I don't know why Mr. Integrity thinks it's his job to be judge and jury. I'm, I, my ranking has zero to do with what did not happen to Kansas with the case. Let us be clear here. Can hey. Paris give us one serious moment of analysis? We're almost 15 minutes into the show. I have St. John's. You're I have St. John's 25th in the top 25 and one. You have St. John's 17 spots lower at 42nd. Do you remember when it was and where you were oh, when you lost faith in Rick Patino as a basketball coach? My I have St. John's going to the tournament in the first year. If anything, you're too high on St. John's. You're, I, I, oh, I tell you oh, what, I sat down. Oh my God. Hey, you ready which, for this? Which one of us Look, on this you ready for this? sat down and talked with Rick Patino this week? Who did you that? You ready for this? You ready for this? Oh, I'm so nervous. What about GP? I might be high on Bill Self and Rick Patino as basketball coaches. Oh, that sounds risky. Safest thing you can do is believe in Bill Self and Rick Patino. Patino did tell me earlier this week that the first few weeks of this whole St. John's experiment, they might be a little bit bumpy because he said the team defensively is not there. Not close. Offensively, he's got some real hope because of the players he had. He actually brought up something that we had talked about in relation to North Carolina. I have the Tar Heels 28th in that he brought in a lot of good players that came from programs that weren't winning. And he did admit, Patino did to me earlier this week at Biggie's Media Day, he said, you know, with that comes some caution. You may you get a little bit nervous over that, but we hope that we can get these guys to the, to the level we want them to be at because St. John's has a litany of guys who were at the mid and low major level who have now transferred up and theoretically should be able to be big impact players. And that might be the case. But I think 42nd for St. John's is actually pretty... I think that's pretty optimistic to be to be frank. I mean, if it's 17 I, spots less optimistic than I am. Yeah, well, you could have put St. John's 10th and no one would have been surprised. So what are we talking about? I'll put them eighth. Yeah, exactly. Rick Patino yeah. to the Elite Eight. Since you blacked out, okay, not to jump all the way down to 42. After Baylor, I had Duke at five, yep. AM at six, Creighton at seven, Arizona mm-hmm. at eight, Houston at nine, USC at 10. I, I will. It, I'll be serious for a minute. Then I'm gonna get right back into it. But I'll be serious for a minute. You are higher on Texas A&M than I am, and I think you're probably closer to right than I am. I had a blind spot there. If if you change the name Texas A&M to to something that sounds more basketball appropriate, um, and you go, yeah, this team went 15 and three in the league last year and brought back all these people, you'd be like. Yeah, that's a top 10 team, probably, even maybe even top five. Most people don't have them there. Agreed. You went with it. I think I, I if if I could just and I know people do do this. I just don't. But like if I just decide, hey, it's Friday. It's fruit truck Friday. I'm just going to you know switch everything up in the top 25 and one and start fresh. And I would have A&M higher than I have them. Maybe maybe not quite as high as you have them, but I would I'd be closer to your number than my current number. Okay, what about me having Marquette at number two? Uh, Don't mind you- it at all. It's rooted in the exact same thing of is if you believe in Purdue, uh, hey, let's not get caught up on a three-week tournament. Let's focus on a four-month season. And Marquette was the – I hesitate to say best because there's some computer numbers that would suggest otherwise, but this is true. Marquette was in a league with the national champion, 
and won that league. Marquette was in a league tournament with the national champion and won that league tournament. I don't have any problem with anybody having Marquette in the top two. Your, your, your number one and number two is not replicated by mine, but it is totally sensible and rooted in, you know, not dumb stuff. Which is why it makes sense that Kansas is number three. Thank you, Gary Parrish. I appreciate the I take back everything I just nope. said. And you just said it. You laid it out. There you go. Um, I take that back. You Nope. I, I, I got you, you on the track. You tricked me. I was I trying to compliment you. Logic and you are... I was trying to compliment you, I, and I talked myself into a corner there. Exactly. Damn it. Um, I'm going to let Nada chime in real quick here. Okay, because Nada in the chat... He said Norlander is too low on Duke. I have Duke fifth in the country with a second-year coach. Quick question. Where were you, and do you remember when it was, when you lost faith in John Shire as Coach K's successor? Not a hop on here for a quick second. Can you t- explain to me why you think at fifth, fifth in the country, I'm too low on Duke? Only because, and I think you're right about Kansas being slightly overrated. I think... With Filipowski being coming back, I think with Jeremy Roach coming back, I think with that freshman class with Foster, McCain, I think they're going to be a lot better than everybody thinks. And I think they're going to run away with the ACC this year. Okay, so with you laying it on the table like that, one quick follow-up for you, Nada. Um, are you saying that you think Duke is likely to occupy when you say that? Cause I got him five. It's all relative to, to the, to the commentary here. Are you saying you think it's likely Duke occupies the number one spot in the AP top 25 for like a minimum of say three weeks in the season? Oh, I feel confident saying at least a month, at least wow. a month. Okay. There we go. I think I, I think says undefeated. Duke's going undefeated. I mean, you're a man of extremes, Gary Parrish. All right. I Duke at five, not as let his, uh, let his thoughts be known on the Blue Devils. We'll keep track of that. Um, A&M at six. Creighton, it's Creighton, Arizona, Houston, seven, eight, nine. There's not a lot of surprise there. We've talked about all those teams. We previewed them. And then I have USC at 10. I think that USC has a healthy chance. Uh, it'll certainly have, uh, in terms of one-two backcourt between Collier and, and Boogie Ellis, uh, that, is a, that has a great chance of being a top three backcourt. It could be the top one-two tandem by the time we get to March. We'll see. Well, let's, go, let's go through that real, real quick. Just uh, because I, I noticed when we were doing our capsules for our top 101 players, and we'll get to that in a second, uh, I, I kept wanting to write, could be a part of the best backcourt in the country. And I was like, well, I just wrote that, you know, 12 minutes ago. But you've got... Uh, a Duke backcourt. You've got Tyler Kolick, Cam Jones, I guess, at Marquette, Isaiah Collier, Boogie Ellis at USC. Uh, you could throw the, the, maybe the Kansas backcourt in there. Potentially. There's a bunch of really good, like, you know, backcourt combinations in college basketball this year, at least on paper. Without a doubt, and I think that's going to be part of a defining feature of the teams that we see occupy the top 10 more often than not. If you look at point guard play in general, um, to me, and I, you know, this kind of crystallized when I was building out my top 101 players list, uh, to me, the point guard position is more loaded this season than it has been in some recent seasons, and I think that is a really good thing. Now, part of that's based on, like, Braden Smith from Purdue, who made our list, Um and who I had on my individual ballot, but not as high as he made our list. Like, is he going to uh, become one of the 20 best point guards in the country? I don't know. We'll see. But there's a lot. But in the way that Braden Smith plays is not the way that Isaiah Collier plays. But they do play the same position. I'll be with different features and different uh, you know, points expected from, from what they both do. But yes, USC, I would be surprised if Collier and Ellis are not a top three 
one, two tandem. And, uh, you know, say backcourt, some teams rely on a three, like Marquette will rely, even though Kolick is the head of the snake and he's the point guard, it will rely on a three guard attack, um, like ex- almost exclusively for the entire game. Some teams are, can be more comfortable with really two guards, a wing, a four and a five or two guards, two wings and a five or whatever, it, uh, you know? So when you talk about backcourt, it can get a little bit complicated or at least, you know, not the same from team to team, but yes, point guard play, is majorly up this season. Um, my 11 through 20, I have Michigan State 11. We can get to them real quick. I have Tennessee 12. I have the reigning champs, UConn at 13. I have Virginia. That's, a, that's an aggressive push. I have the Who's at 14. I have FAU at 15. Kempom approved, I will remind our listeners. I have Texas at 16. Gonzaga 17. Illinois 18. Miami 19. St. Mary's 20, a reminder, we're going to put links to this stuff in the podcast description. So if you want to go and read the capsules, we can do all of that. Uh, reactions and thoughts on my teams 11 through 20. You rank Purdue number one because yes. they were awesome last season. Bring just about everybody back. You rank Marquette number two because they were awesome last season. Bring just about everybody back. Why don't you apply that same logic to my Florida Atlantic house? Okay, so I, I want to try and not repeat myself too much here on this show versus what we've done before because that's known as pulling a parish. Um, but I do believe that jumping up in league, that having attention on you consistently week by week, that having a much tougher non-conference schedule this season versus last, and everything that will come with that is going to lead to Florida Atlantic taking on a few more losses and being, you know, knocked down just a tad. GP's got him fourth, which is, again, I for the same reasons that I went with, say, an A&M at six, I applaud you for going FAU at four. You are going against convention. Yes, the Owls are 10th in the preseason AP Top 25, and they were almost universally ranked in the preseason, as they should be. I ha- Again, I have them 15th. I, ha- I have this program higher in the preseason than anyone affiliated with it ever thought possible. No one ever thought this team could be top 15, let alone top 10 status. GP has them at four. But I am of the idea that FAU will win the American Athletic Conference, have a really good season, but not really truly... I don't think we'll look at them three weeks into the season and midway through conference play and say that's definitely a top 10 team in the country, but it will easily be a single-digit seed, which I think is fair, all things considered. Clip it. Clip it. Send it to Dusty May right now. Send it to Dusty May right now. He's going to say, you know what? Damn it, that Norlander, he's right. Clip it. Send it to Dusty May right now. I'm fa- I thought you were going to come up, come at me from Michigan State. I have them 11, almost universally picked preseason top 10. Again, once I got into, I mean, be honest, I'll, once I was basically with from Creighton at seven to Tennessee at 12, really UConn at 13, uh, that was probably my toughest arrangement uh, and what I ultimately settled on. Uh, Michigan State was not an elite team last season. It finished 26 at Ken Palm. It was a seven seed. It does bring back a ton. I went on radio earlier this week and, and explained some of this. I just want to see who's going to be the guy. We have Tyson Walker ranked the highest on our top 101 list. Is he going to be the alpha? Do they need an alpha? You know, I watched MSU plenty last season and on certain nights it could be uh, Jade Nakins. It could be AJ Hogard. It could be Malik Hall. It could be Tyson Walker. Do they need an absolute closer in order to cement themselves as a top 10 team. There's no question about the coaching and what they can do there. And again, we are splitting hairs here, but I do have MSU 11, which is a little bit lower than everyone else. Um, as for UConn, um, 
we'll save the Klingon stuff for our top 101 players list there. Uh, I love that Newton. I think Tristan Newton returning is what validates UConn to be in this top 10, you know, conversation overall. Huskies fans are going to believe they should be top 10. I told Hurley in person on on uh, Tuesday at Media Day because this this list hadn't come out yet. Um, but we sat down uh, for an interview. And I said, hey, listen, man, I don't have you top 10. And he basically was like, you know, if we were Duke or Carolina, you'd have us. If everything was the same Thank and we you. brought Thank everything you. back, you'd have us top 10. I said, Thank you. I said, actually, that wouldn't necessarily be the case. But thank I, you. I appreciate that. Um, but I have them 13th because I think they're going to be the third best team in the Big East. I think they're going to be a Final Four contender. But I don't think losing the likes of NBA pick Jordan Hawkins, you know, should have been an NBA pick Adama Sanogo uh, and NBA pick Andre Jackson Jr. Like that is a lot to overcome. And we just got to see what these freshmen can do. So, you know, I, I don't think it's that unreasonable and I still have UConn as a Final Four contender, but that being said, I have him 13. Uh, Dan Hurley spent last season proving you wrong. I don't see why I can't do it again. I have UConn eighth. I have Michigan State fifth. So I have both of them in the top 10. But I will say, when you get into that range you were discussing, like I've got, I've got Arkansas 11th and uh, Texas 20th. Are we sure Arkansas is better than Texas? I am not. And that is the fan base who has come at me by far the most. Uh, Hogs fans love you, but they uh, they rightfully think I'm off my rocker. I have you, you might be off your rocker. I have Arkansas 47th in my rankings. Yeah, that's some off the rocker stuff, buddy. And 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 Musselman has done a wonderful job, particularly getting his. Oh, don't team. try to make up for it now. I'm not trying to make up for anything. I'm just speaking facts here. Objectivity. You know, my my facts shouldn't need to interfere with your feelings. Okay. Musselman's done a great job in the tournament. As I just, I, I, I just talked about this on the sec episode a season ago, Arkansas it had, it made, it, it made a good push. And then, and then what happened? Then what happened in the tournament? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It got absolutely destroyed by an actual final four and what proved to be a national title contender in, in UConn there. But Arkansas, Lost 14 games last season, was ninth in the SEC. And listen, if I'm wrong on this, I, so what? Like, you know, it's nothing against Arkansas. I just, I made a list of teams and I took some some shots on some teams that aren't considered to be as likely to be, say, top 35, top 40, top 45 quality. And as a result of that, I, I, got, to, I got to like 44 and I realized that Arkansas wasn't yet on the list. And then I consulted where I had my SEC preview I said, well, I did take a, I did take Georgia to beat Arkansas, so I got to have them above them. So I put Georgia at 44. And then I think that Rutgers and Indiana will be slightly better than Arkansas this season. So I have Rutgers 45. I have Indiana at 46. And I know IU fans are hoping that they can be better than that, obviously. And there's a chance. There's a chance that happens. I mean, I could be a little bit low on Indiana, but you lose two high ultra impact guys. I mean, no, no, Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Trace Jackson Davis. I, I just think in the locker room, week by week, day by day, that's something that might take a little bit of time to overcome, and so that's why I have the Hoosiers just a little bit low there. I want you to answer the question I asked you about 17 minutes ago, though. You you answered it kind of with St. John's. Is there anyone else that we have kind of a a decent discrepancy with with my rankings? Yours, there's Arkansas applies, St. John's applies. Is there anyone else that you, you know? There's a there's a decent amount of 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 air between where you've got them and where I've got them. I'm sure there is, uh, but I only grabbed those two: St. John's and in, in Arkansas, because those were uh, two two noticeable ones. In addition, of course, uh, to 
Florida Atlantic. I will say you might be low on Indiana. You might be high on Indiana. We'll see. I don't know if you heard there. They haven't made the yeah, top 25 finished top 25 at Kim Palm since 2016. So like that's on the list of things they're trying to do this year. They're going to start outside the top 25. That's not a good sign, especially considering last year they started inside the top 25 and then just fell out, just, just fell out and fell like, I think finished three games behind Purdue in the Big Ten standings. I do think Indiana can be the second best team in the state. Indiana like, fans, I just ask that you stick around on the pod for for your guy over here in Connecticut. I think uh, Indiana can be the second best team in the state. Can they finish within three games of Purdue again? I don't know about that. Maybe, you know, if things break the right way. But, buddy, it's been a rough week. I don't know if you heard. They got a five-star freshman. He's he, he getting arrested at Taco Bell. I, I I did see that McKenzie. It's hard to finish top twenty-five at Kimpon for the first time since two thousand sixteen yeah. when your five-star freshman is getting arrested at Taco Bell. Uh, you know what? I feel like the chances of Parrish having been put in the back of a squadron car at a Taco Bell at some point in his life, or any fast food joint, it's non-zero. I feel, like, done, I, I feel like if it hasn't happened, it's come close to happening at least once in your life. Have I done illegal stuff at a Taco Bell drive-thru? Almost certainly. Okay. Um, I have only been in the back of a squad car once, and it was under false pretenses. I was driving with a fake gun in my car. This is stupid, by the way. I was just young and dumb. I didn't know any better. I was. I had a like a, a cap gun, you know, like a little... You know, it was a toy gun and I would drive around with it and I would like I, I pointed at my friends and I'd walk around with a fake gun. This is crazy when I'm thinking back on it. I, I'm surprised I didn't get shot 50 times, but I got pulled over for speeding, I guess. And the uh, police officer looked in the car like, hey, license and registration. And I had the this is how stupid it is. I had the cap gun like pushed down between my car seats, like like where you would have one. I yeah. wouldn't know. And buddy, when the police officer saw that. Opens my door, jerks me out of the car, puts me up against the car. And I'm like, whoa, what? This is like 10 in the morning. I'm on my way to work. I'm like, yo, what is going on? He's like, why do you have that gun? Why do you have that gun out? And I'm, this is this is a long time ago. I think probably a time where you couldn't just have guns out wherever you wanted them. Now, of course, nobody would even blink. But back then, it was like a big, they put me in a cop car. They searched my car. And I was like, it's a toy gun. I don't have a gun. It's a toy gun. And they said, well, why do you have it? I said, that's a fair question. But I don't know. I was just playing around. And then I swear to God, they got me out of the back of the car. They unhandcuffed me, took the cuffs off, and they said, all right, we're going to let you go. And I said, what do you mean let me go? What did I do wrong? It's, it can't possibly be illegal to drive around with a toy in your car. That's my closest brush with the law. Quite the brush it was. We got to there from me ranking Indiana 46th. Um, Real quick, because we actually we need to move on. But um, but this has been a fun conversation. I'm gonna round out my top thirty and give you a couple. Oh, things. please do! I can't wait. I know you can't. I've been Kentucky at twenty one. Kentucky at twenty one. San Diego State twenty two. Maryland twenty three. Got Villanova twenty four. I've got your Dayton Flyers at twenty fifth in the country. It's gonna be Duran home season on this podcast. He's gonna have a huge, huge campaign. I've got Kansas State. I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt to Jerome Tang at 26, Memphis at 27, North Carolina at 28. I'd say North Carolina was on the list of four or five teams that I just couldn't 
ever get them in a spot where I felt comfortable. So I have them at 28 and I could have gone as high as 15 or 16 or as low as 40. Um, kind of split the difference there. I've got Alabama at 29 and I've got UCLA at 30. A couple teams outside of my top 30 that I'm uh, particularly intrigued by and, and, and think their rankings will age well. If not, I'm underranking them. I've got Colorado at 31. I think they've got, actually got top 20 potential. Keep an eye on them. I've got Wisconsin at 33. When you consider everything Wisconsin brings back, could certainly be a top 25 team. We'll wait and see on them. I've got Boise State 39. There's a chance Boise State's the second best team or even wins the Mountain West and will be closer to top 25 overall. Um, I have Cincinnati 41 right now, but they've got a major uh, eligibility thing that's going on and, and escalating there. Uh, we'll probably update that on the pod as we get closer to the season, but they've got a, a key transfer from Utah Valley that still hasn't been cleared. Uh, they are ranked that high with the thought that, uh, that that player will eventually be cleared. We'll have to wait and uh, and see on that. Um, and then New Mexico at 48 is one to keep an eye out. Utah at 50. Utah is pro- like, once I get into this range, teams that could wind up making the tournament that I don't have in that range. You tell me Utah makes it. I wouldn't be surprised. I've got them at 50. Um, Wake Forest is 55. They could be the last team out of the ACC into the NCAAs. That wouldn't surprise me overall. Um, I've got Q's at 58. That might be too low, but we just got to see what they do without Bayheim moving forward. I have questions on that. Uh, a couple teams that were... Um, either relevant or good last season that I have next to each other. I have Xavier at 61. Sean Miller's just got, he's got a, a, a huge rebuild ahead of him. So we'll see on that. And then I've got Michigan at 62, which is obviously low compared to traditional expectations for that program. Um, I just don't know what to, I mean, they've got Olivia Kamwa, Jalen Llewellyn returns at point guard, which is going to be important, but man, I just, uh, I just don't know. And then, you know, if you want to read the rest of the list, you can click on through again in the podcast description, top 101 teams, uh, up and down uh, a fun venture every year, but it takes, I mean, hours upon hours to get this thing together. Only it takes an hour to read it as, as it should actually, it really doesn't. You can read this thing. You can scroll through the capsules. No exaggeration. You can get through this thing in 15 minutes. This is not, this is not that long of a read, um, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a ton of fun and I appreciate you indulging me. Dude, Michael Phelps could not get through that thing in 15 minutes. He absolutely could. He could not swim through your, Top okay. 101 teams in 15 minutes. If, you're curious if you made your top 101 teams list a pool, he could not swim through it in 15 minutes. Even Michael on Phelps. 101, himself. it is James Madison. Nickname oh, for James goodness. Madison? The um, the James Madison. Yeah, it's one of those that it's got something to do with our country's past. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess maybe it does. But yeah, they're the James Madison. I love this game. Yeah, I think they're the they're the. The Dukes. They are the Dukes. I feel like I asked you this on the show. Maybe I didn't, but you got it. You didn't look it up? You knew My it? hands are in my lap. I swear to God, I didn't look it up. Okay. Congrats on that. Let's get to our top 101 players list. No surprise. Purdue Zach Eady topped the CBS Sports list of the top 101 players in college basketball. Did Norlander try to be an independent thinker and put somebody else at the top? The horror. We'll discuss in a second. First, a word from our partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Sports lists the top 101 players in college basketball published earlier this week. No surprise, Zach Eady, the reigning national player of the year, was number one. Deadleg, please tell me your ballot had Zach Eady number one. If not, I'm going to pummel myself. Of course it had Zach Eady. There's no argument against it. Zach Eady's number one. Moving on. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, that's not Here's too much groupthink for you? No, that's that's based in actual true logic. And that's an individual's uh, performance, which is easier to project than you know, the the behavior and tendencies of a group of young men between 18 and 23 years old. You can't you you can't even predict my behavior and tendencies. <laughs> Damn right about that. It depends on the day. Uh, <laughs> do you have your ballot in front of you? Uh, I have the top five. Oh, uh, <laughs> My top five, my our top five was Zach Eady one. Yes. North Carolina's Armando Baycott at number two. Well, I had two on my list. Yes. I did not have him number two. So North Carolina fans. Um, actually, I don't think North Carolina fans are the issue here. It's everybody else's fans. Okay. I think having our Armando Baycott at number two was uh, I hear you. outrageous. Take it up with Norlander. It got nothing to do with me. Deuce Kyle Filipowski was third. Kansas's Hunter Dickinson was fourth, and Creighton's Ryan Kalkbrenner rounded out the top five. My top five was Edie in this order. Edie, Filipowski, Dickinson, Baycott at four. I went Tyler Kolick five and Kalkbrenner six, just because I've got Kolick as as the big, you know, projected Big East player of the year, as the reigning Big East player of the year. By that standard, I've got to have him in front of Kalkbrenner. So I went Kolick five, Kalkbrenner six. All right. Love doing this list every year. A reminder to our viewers and listeners that the goal here is to pick the top 101 players who are good at college basketball. So I use the playground principle. Okay. It's me and GP captains on a playground and we literally have everyone available. Okay. We're going to get a pickup game going here. You know, play to 21 ones and twos, however you want to define it. I'll take Kansas. Player by player. You pick, I pick, you pick, I pick. This is my order. So if I had if I had the first pick and I had every player available to me, I would take Zach Eady first. If I had if Eady was all if GP took Eady because he had first pick and I had every player available to me in the sport, I would take Armando Baycott. Then I went Kalkbrenner. I went Isaiah Collier four. I went Kentucky's Justin Edwards at five. I went Filipowski six. Wade Taylor seven. Terrence Shannon Jr. eight. Reese Beekman from Virginia, come on down. You're number nine on my list. Kolick is 10. Nemhard 11 out of Gonzaga. Dickinson 12. Justin Moore 13. Tyrese Hunter, vastly underrated at Texas 14. And then Deron Holmes from Dayton is 15 on my individual ballot. My ballot is not what our actual list is. I'm going to give you our top 20 in order real quick here, and we can break it down. GP just gave you Edie, Baycott, Flip, Dickinson, Kalkbrenner. Kolick is six. Wade Taylor, the fourth, is seventh. Klingon at UConn is eight on the overall CBS Sports list. Max Asmus is nine. Providence's Bryce Hopkins is 10. Collier is 11. Trey Alexander from Creighton is 12. Umar Balo from Arizona is 13. Duke's Tyrese Proctor is 14th. 
Nemhard at Gonzaga, formerly at Creighton, is 15. Terrence Shannon Jr. is 16. Boogie Ellis from USC is 17. Justin Edwards is 18. RJ Davis is 19. Tyson Walker is 20th. The way that we do this vote is we all assemble our own individual top 100 lists. We mail them. We mail them and we email them in. And then they are compiled by our esteemed great editor, Marcus Nelson. He averages out the votes. And that's how we get our list. That is the top 20. More thoughts from you, Gary Parrish. Well, I went and found the guy I had higher, way higher than our list had. And from like, we're all going to have those, right? And it doesn't necessarily. Oh, I got, I got names. Don't you? Worry. Yeah. Jokes aside, um, we're all going to have these and it doesn't always mean anything. It's just, uh, you know, once you get out of the top 10 to 15, I, I really think you could reasonably rank somebody 25 or 55. There's not much difference between those guys. A little bit like recruiting rankings. You know, there's a difference between one and 20. But there ain't a whole lot of difference between 25 and 65. And I, I think that shows up on the list. But I had Miami's Norshed O'Meara 19th. Oh, and I he is 54th on our list. I had O'Meara 58. Yeah. He averaged 13 and 10 for a Final Four team. He had a 17 rebound game in the NCAA tournament against Indiana. And I know Indiana ain't finished in the top 25 at Ken Palm since 2016. But still, in the NCAA tournament, to do that to anybody is impressive. No, absolutely. Um, highly impressive, extremely impressive. And Omir, is, uh, you know what? You know, you make the list, you try and do it the best you can. I can easily talk myself into Omir being top 40. Now, I had him at 58. Um, because, you know, you get one name after another after another and get these, okay. you know, but some of this is based off guys that I think are going to pop and be better. Like, or, or for example, like I have Clemson's PJ Hall at 35 on my individual list. PJ Hall, I think is somewhere PJ Hall. I'm um, just because I got to just dry myself. Nuts. We have PJ Hall 43 on our list. I think that if you told me I could have PJ Hall or no try to I would take, I would take Hall and I think Hall will have the better season, but um, I like hearing that from you GP and, 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 Trust me, I've got a couple of those guys as well. Um, yeah, so Omer had top 20. He was outside of the top 50. There's some other ones. Like, there are guys I had in the 60s that aren't even on the list at all. But, like, that's the nature of you take – you take how many people do we think voted on this? Do we do we know for it was, sure? It was five of us. It was five you, of us. It was you, me, Kyle Boone, David Cobb, and uh, Cameron Salerno, who just joined our College Hoops team earlier this year. Yeah, so there's five of us voting, at least one of us. Is a self-proclaimed independent thinker. I so, would hope that you're. I, I would hope that you're. Uh, that you're an independent free thinker as well. In fact, no, I think, no, I think no, you've no, been no. priding yourself on this for years. Oh no, I don't want to be a free thinker. Okay, I, I, I gave up on that. Didn't, it didn't really get me anywhere. You know, didn't really get me anywhere. I'm done with free thinking. Okay. So you're going to get some wild ballots, and we don't go back and reconsider. We just add it up. Marcus adds it up, and that's what it, that's the, that's the list. But. Um, in terms of Twitter mentions, I've seen a lot of anti Baycott being number two. I did not have him top two, but the idea that it's crazy that Armando Baycott is second is just, that's just silly. Like you can not like him because you're a Duke fan or NC State fan or whatever it is you're a fan of, but like inarguably, Armando Baycott is one of the very best players in college basketball. And reasonably, you can say he's one of the top two. Yeah, I think it's entirely reasonable, but if. If you really want to try and build out a case for him to not be top four, I think you can do that. Once you get to about five, it's 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 hard considering what he's accomplished, what he if you actually watch the games and see what he does. 
And, you know, he's already set program records for rebounding. He's not going to get the points record. He would need to average like 32 a game to pass Hansborough's all-time points record at UNC. But he's on the way to being, you know, obviously one of the top 10 players in the history of North Carolina basketball. I've got no issue with him uh, him being there. Here are a couple players that I think that we have too high. I think Klingon at eight could prove to be too high. If, if he's not, I'll, I'll just tell you, I'll, I'll love that because I'll have a top eight player in my state that I'll be able to write about and talk about and see plenty. Um, but we, we referenced this on a recent show. Um, there's a lot of faith in the idea that Klingon is going to go from a guy who was getting 15 minutes a game to, again, he's still got to get that foot entirely healthy. I guess, you know, small bit of news. I did ask him and Hurley and some one-on-one sit-downs at Big East Media Day about the status of all that. Klingon actually went to a doctor on Thursday. Uh, I don't have an up-to-the-minute uh, uh, report for you here, but he said that the doctor would determine whether he could get the boot off this week or not. And then Hurley said he's not playing unless he's 100%. So they hope he's ready for the opener on the 6th, but there's a chance that that might not happen. So he's got to make sure the foot's good. And we have him at 8 collectively. Um, I like his chances to be 18th more than 8. And How about this? Difference. I've got Klingon 14th yeah. on my ballot. I feel like, follow me here. I think this works. I feel like what Florida Atlantic is to me, Donovan Klingon is to others in the sense that you got, like he, I made this point because I wrote the Klingon capsule. Nobody with per game averages like him, as modest as his, is anywhere close to the top 15 on this list. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you are you you are trusting if you rank him in the top ten or top five or wherever that he is going to make us he's going to go from impressive role player to college basketball star. That's what you're betting on. And I'm not betting against it. I've got him 14th. Yeah. But but I do feel like the people the same way people look at me and go, all right. I also think Florida Atlantic is going to be good, but that good. The people who say that to me, it's it's what I would say about. Donovan Klingon. Like, I I agree. He's going to be good. But that good? That makes sense? Yeah, no, listen. I'm not going to say that that's not valid. I've got... You're talking to a guy who's got Isaiah Collier, who's never played a minute in basketball, fourth on his list, and Justin Edwards, fifth. Both freshmen. And I've got I've got Reese Beekman because of his defensive ability and the fact that he, he's like a top 30 prospect. I've got him ninth. So I'm not going to... I'm not throwing shade whatsoever. I'm saying... I'm open to the possibility that Klingon is pretty good, but not great. Because I, right. I almost, I almost just wonder, like, is, are we going to look up and see Stefan Castle be a dynamo in the first month of the season? And Tristan Newton returning. Newton is easily and should be. He's on our list, like a top fifty kind of player. There's UConn has other options there. I would just keep an eye on that. I also, you know, A. Smith at nine and Hopkins at ten feel a little high to me. Now, part of that's because I think. A. Smith is going to be a good player. He was obviously on my list. I just, I like Tyrese Hunter to be the more important player in the backcourt for Texas. So we'll see on that. I know you've been high on A. Smith for a while. Again, I like him a lot. I just feel like A. Smith at nine. Hopkins is a really good player. Hopkins, I could, I'm open to admitting that I could be wrong on, on Hopkins in that top 10. I had him 19. So again, this is all relative. On my list, Bryce Hopkins was 19. 10 feels a little high to me. And then I am lower on Proctor. I have Proctor 32 on my list. He's 14 on ours. 
Because I also think that Jeremy Roach is going to have a humongous season in the backcourt. So it could be a little of, you know, Roach taken away from Proctor and then Filipowski's value overall. Um, a lot of people are in on the idea that Tyrese Proctor is going to be an All-American guard and turn into a top 15 pick. I hesitate that at that just a little bit. He is the other one where people are really expecting a jump. Yeah. Um, and it might happen, you know, and it might happen for Klingon too. But but those, like with Aceman's, I know he's transferred up, but we have seen him ball out against high major opponents. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not suggesting that he's going to come do in the Big 12 what he's previously done, but we have seen him against high major competition, and there have been moments of, of, of really high caliber box score stuffing stuff. I think he's going to be really good. I had him seventh on my list. I've got, I bet I, I feel more comfortable that Aismith is going to be one of the 10 best players in the country than Klingon. But I won't be surprised if both are. And obviously, let me go ahead and give myself a lot of wiggle room. I won't be surprised if they're both not. We're all about wiggle room. Nothing will surprise me. I think our. I couldn't possibly be surprised by anything. Yeah. I think our most overrated player that made the list is Janelle Davis at 25. I had him at 88 on my list. Oh, my God. He's not better than a lot. Send it to Doug. Clip it. Send it. Send it to Dusty May. He's not better than Elijah Martin. Our Elijah Martin, we have 31. I had Elijah Martin, like, you know, top 50. But Janelle Davis, and you know what? He's an awesome dude with an awesome story, and he's going to be a major factor on an NCAA tournament team. He's not one of the 25 best players in the sport. Clip it. Send it to Dusty May. We got Aiden Mahaney at 27. I love Aiden Mahaney. Feels a tad aggressive. That's all. I think Aiden Mahaney will be a top 27 player a year from now. I I had Aiden Mahaney. 18th. Yeah, you're out of your mind. I'm out of my mind. Clip it. Send it. Send, it. send, send that to Randy. Randy. First of all, no send clip of this is ever getting to Randy, Randy Bennett. I assure you of that. What? Randy Bennett's never going to. He's never going to know this podcast exists. So, uh, <laughs> Does Randy Bennett know who you are? No, not a chance. You've hey, never probably talked does. to Randy Bennett? No, yeah, I have. Uh, multiple times. Yeah. But yeah, he, he does. In all seriousness, yes. But the podcast, that's another deal altogether. What if you have no idea? You don't know what people's podcast habits are. Do you know how many people I would have assumed would never, ever oh. smash a like button? We get, we get, I get that from time to time. Hey, for all I know, Randy Bennett's one of us. I, I mean, I'm not going to put it out of the I, dude. You don't stay at St. Mary's this long without being one of us. I, it, I feel like it might be the opposite. Yeah, I don't really know how that works. Okay. I don't know the rules. <laughs> I don't know all the rules. All right. But, <laughs> but I, in all seriousness, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to a coach and he'd be like, oh, man, just uh, by the way, love the podcast. And I'm like, there is you're the last coach I would have thought listened to this ever. So don't you don't know what Randy Bennett's doing. Randy Bennett might be in the chat right now. <laughs> he could have an alias. That's possible. Um, here's a couple. I'm gonna give you a couple more players. That I think we might have a little too high. And then I want you to give me a couple more players. You think we might have a little too high. And then we'll do that. We'll get we'll do the reverse. We'll do the two lows. Um, Tyler Perry at K-State 42. We'll see. I'm just, I, I wonder um, if he wasn't at K-State and he stayed at North Texas. I don't think he would be 42nd on our list. I try and remove school affiliation when I do this stuff. So I'm a little skeptical of that. Um, Riley Kugel at 73. I didn't have, I don't think he'll be the best player at Florida. I think Walter Clayton Jr. is going to be Florida's best player. So I didn't have Kugel on my list overall. And then we've got Steven Ashworth at Creighton at 76. Uh, he's going to be a defensive liability and uh, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I'm skeptical. He was Ashworth was my first cut on my list. So he was named one Oh one on my top 100. Um, 
So those are some that I think might be a little too high. You got one or two other names for well, you that you know, might have um, from your personal I, list? Just going back to Florida Atlantic, I did have uh, Davis over Martin significantly. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I had Tyler Perry 43rd. So that's in that range. I've got Stephen Ashford 60th. I think he's got major defensive questions, and I don't know if he... Now, he scored, but yeah, I'm I'm hesitating on that. Okay. Yeah. What about your names? Who do you who do you who did you have high or who did you have low that we that you think is too high or you know vice versa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, just I I didn't really know what to do with the freshmen. Some like at least one of these freshmen is going to be Brandon Miller like. It's just not entirely clear to me who that's going to be. There will be a freshman that ends up in the top ten. But we don't know. I don't. Well, I put two of them. I think that Collier and Justin Edwards will both be top ten players in the country. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, we've got. I'm just sort of scanning through it here. I'm a believer in Mahaney. Like I think. Love I think if, if Aiden Mahaney played in a power conference, he would be thought of as one of the top three or four point guards in the country. Uh, I can't go there. Top three or four. If you, no, 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 not yet. Not Name yet. him. He's he's going there. He's on his way. Better he's play. legitimately good. And he's not just some like, I mean, he was, if I remember correctly, like a top 100 high school recruit. No, good player, but yeah. um, okay. I, not, I won't take the freshman into account here. Uh, Kolick, Ryan Nemhard, Tyrese Hunter. Uh, if you want to call RJ Davis, okay, he's a combo guard. Ray J. Dennis, Jeremy Roach, Isaiah Stevens. I'm taking all these guys over Aiden Mahaney right now. Jawan Harris, I'm taking I'm taking all of the, these guys over Aiden Mahaney. So he's good. I don't think he's a top five point guard yet. No, not happening. Clip it. DJ Wagner or Aiden Mahaney, who are you taking right now? A genuine for, question. For a college basketball player for this right one now, season coming up. I'm telling up. you right now, you have to choose between one or the other to start the season. Would you take Wagner or would you take Mahaney? Well, you're making me choose between. Yes. I'm telling you, I'm asking you right now. I would take Aiden Mahaney. I would take Wagner. I I I know what Aiden Mahaney is. I think DJ I think DJ Wagner is going to be awesome. I think Aiden Mahaney is awesome and has already shown that at the collegiate level. All right, what about the guys that are too low? I'll give you some. This is uh, these are the guys that are ranked on our list, and I think they're too low. We have Justin Edwards, 18, too low. Deron Holmes, the second, 28, too low. Tristan De Silva is 37. I think he's going to be a top three player in the Pac-12. That's going to be top 30 status in the country. We've got Tyrese Hunter, 39, too low. Uh, to your freshman point, we've got Jacoby Walter at Baylor, 41, too low. He could be a top three a top three freshman in the country. He's going to be a top 25 player in the sport. He's at 41. He's too low. Reese Beekman at 47 is an outrage. <laughs> There's no way Reese Beekman is outside the top 30 for best players in the country right now. Just not the case whatsoever. Um, Ray J. Dennis, sorry about the call. Apologies on that. Ray J. Dennis at 62 to me is going to be a projection of too low. Brandon Carlson at Utah, probably the most underrated big man in the country. He's at 81. Dylan Jones at Weber State. I don't fault the ranking, but you, to your Aiden Mahaney point, if Dylan Jones played on a power conference team, he'd be regarded as a top 40 player in the country. He's an NBA pick out of Weber State. Really, really good. Drew Pember is the Big South player of the year. We've got him at 88. I think he is definitely a top 70 player in the country. And then my highest ranked player, 
that didn't make our list. How this goes every year is our, our final like four spots. We get to do our write-in votes. Um, I had Harrison Ingram as a top 50 player, and he did not make our list at Carolina. Now, some of that will be projection. I think at 98, he is too low, and he will prove to be one of the most impactful transfers in high major college basketball. What about you? Who's too low? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> if people want to see the list, they can go find it at cbssports.com. We're at the 57-minute mark. We're just, you know, it's, it's a great talking to you on a Friday morning. I could do this for two more hours. I couldn't. I can't do it for 10 more minutes. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's actually true. We got to go. All right. Let's, let's do the break, and we got one more. Big announcement from CBS Sports this week. If your school is in the preseason AP Top 25 poll, with one exception, it's playing a game. CBS Sports this season. I'll tell you more about that next. But first, a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So CBS Sports unveiled this week its largest college basketball schedule ever. We're going to have more than 300 games across all platforms. 24 of the 25 teams in the preseason AP poll will play on CBS Sports this season. All eight schools from last season's Elite Eight will play on CBS Sports this season. 15 automatic bids to the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments will be will be awarded on CBS, Paramount Plus, and CBS Sports Network this season. Norlander, you've seen the schedule. Do you have a favorite game or three? What are you most looking forward to in connection with America's most watched network? You know I got a top 10. I got a top 10 games on CBS. You ready for Let's it? Let's see how many of yours match up with mine. All right. Uh, this is, I think this is my top 10 uh, in order. So not chronological. I don't have dates next to these. GP, I think has the dates, uh, but these are my top 10 matchups for one reason or another. I think my favorite is Creighton at Marquette. You've got two national title hopefuls in the same conference. Uh, that's a huge Big East League game we're going to have on Big CBS. I have that number one. And then I have Gonzaga at Kentucky, which will be in February at number two. That will be at Rupp Arena. Uh, let's hope that Gonzaga is, you know, the top 20 team is expected to be. It normally is. And that Kentucky has got it really rolling. That could be awesome. I've got Kansas at Indiana. Number three, that game. If I remember correctly, I believe Kansas at Indiana will be the noon Eastern hour tip uh, in the middle of December. And then the CBS sports classic will, will come after that. So we've got a huge triple header that day and two blue blood programs. KU at IU. That's really, really good stuff. I've got that at three at four. I've got Kentucky at Tennessee, high-level SEC game. Uh, could be the two teams that wind up competing for the SEC championship. I've got AM winning the league, but obviously UK and Tennessee have the uh, have the goods to potentially be there. North Carolina against Kentucky in the in the CBS Sports Classic. I've got involved at number five. Illinois at Tennessee. 
is number six. And I, that is our first game in December. The first game on big CBS is Illinois at Tennessee. That's a wonderful orange out matchup there. Michigan state at Maryland, a huge big 10 league game. If Sparty is going to be a top 10 team going on the road against the likes of Maryland, which we both, you know, figure to be top 25 team uh, that, you know, there's a real upset potential there. Texas at Houston, Wonderful matchup in their final year and only year in sharing uh, a Big 12 roof as Texas gets ready to go to the SEC. Memphis at FAU on the back half of the slate of the regular season. Um, if these are going to be the two best teams, I picked this in my top 10 with the idea that FAU is going to be a ranked team for much of the season and Memphis is going to be right there with FAU. The regular season title in the American Athletic Conference could be on the line. And then, uh, you know, we love our, our Mountain West at CBS and San Diego State at Boise State. So traveling up to Boise, that's a huge Mountain West game between two teams that I think will get into the NCAA tournament with a bit of ease. So those are my top 10 games. All of those are specifically those are top 10 games that are going to air on CBS. CBS Sports Network has a variety of really good games, but this I kind of narrowed my scope just to uh, to big CBS, and that's my top 10. Some other games of note on the schedule, Providence versus Kansas State. That's in a tournament. Um, you know, that's uh, too probable. Will you agree with this, NCAA tournament teams? Uh potential i wouldn't say probable if, if it's if it's providence involved i'd say potential yeah meaning you lack faith in providence or kansas state or both i would say kansas state i have i would say kansas state probable providence potential we'll just we'll slip it send it to kim it, english send it to, I'll, I'll send it to kim english myself okay yeah, yeah. um st john's at providence rick patino yes going yes. back to providence that's a cool one yeah love that. that one yep I've got Alabama at Kentucky and Arkansas at Kentucky. Yeah. The SEC, we talked about this, seems to be the most up for grabs power conference in the country. And Alabama, Kentucky, Arkansas are all teams that people think could theoretically compete for the league title. So any com any game featuring those combinations is going to be uh, interesting. Of course, I've got Memphis at Florida Atlantic. That'll be fun. Way to to wrap up that regular season. It's a nice schedule. Largest ever on CBS sports. Yeah, no, it's, I'm just it's, happy to be a part of it. Uh, you and me both buddy. And, uh, I trust that our, our viewers and listeners understand we take a lot of pride in, uh, in putting out the product we do. And, uh, no one does college hoops better than CBS. So we've got, uh, the most loaded schedule we've ever had before. And it's going to be a really, really good regular season before we get into March Madness and the tournament and all that good stuff there. So uh, we've got that story up at cbssports.com on your CBS Sports app as well. Folks, we are we're, we have just about turned the corner here for the regular season. We are getting closer and closer. In fact, as we wrap, I mean, can we mention the thing? Do you think we can mention it? You can say whatever you want, Norlander. I am not in control of your mic. Do whatever you want to do. I mean, you you started breaking down who you got 68th in the podcast uh, in your top 101 uh, team rankings. If you can do that without my permission, you can do anything. That's true. Next back to back podcast, we've broken down who is 68th in Norlander's rankings and Chicago State's at large candidacy. <laughs> <All right. laughs> that was good stuff. So hey, people you ain't never got to ask me permission for anything. The Clearly, you can do whatever it. you want. All right, next week <laughs> podcast is going back to television. We are going to be on CBS Sports Network next Thursday. I believe it's at 10 a.m. Eastern. So the podcast, we plan to have that in your feed. But if you want to watch us on television, this we did a few episodes last March. 
they decided, what the hell? We'll put these two, <laughs> put these two blokes back on TV, looking like this. Uh, so we will, and that, and that episode, uh, because we're doing it for TV as well, is going to be a big picture preview. So we'll keep it spicy and fun, and try and give you some new stuff. We might hit on a few themes and tropes that we've hit on in some recent episodes. But uh, if you want to watch us next week, next Thursday, season preview episode on CBS Sports Network. Uh, in addition to other episodes that are going to happen as usual on YouTube and in the feed. But uh, but yeah, we're less than a week out from that and barely more than a week out from the start of the season. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to plan the the one-hour television show of the Island College Basketball Podcast. Yeah. And I think the way to start is maybe just by sort of in, in theme with the way we've done our other previews. Like, so what are the five biggest storylines heading into this season? And I want you with a straight face mm-hmm. to say, okay, it'll be, it'll be like, can Zach Eady become the first Wooden award back-to-back winner I'm, since Ralph Sampson. I already know what you're going to say. You're, I'm going to give you four, and then you can do the fifth. And then and then I, you're going to go. It's your bit. Can UConn go back-to-back? First time since Florida, right? And, you, and then you can do whatever else you want. Can North Carolina have a bounce back? Whatever you think they are. But number five has to be. And then obviously, GP, you know people are talking about this. Can Indiana finish top 25 at Kempom for the first time since 2016? 63 teams have done it since then. Sounds like you've got this tempo and cadence down to a T. I feel like I'm going to give my five and then you can come in and be like, listen, I respect your opinion as always. <laughs> I admire all the energy and information you bring to this podcast, but you're a dumbass. And the number one storyline is this. And then you go into your Indiana thing. I will not be, I will not stop this until it is December 16th and we're watching Kansas at Indiana and they pop up the graphic that says Indiana has not finished top 25 at Kim Pomp since 2016. Oh my gosh. IU fans, I got your back. I got to get that on a graphic. It's a big year for the Hoosiers. I think, I think they got a chance. I think they got a chance. That graphic may show up on Tuesday. <laughs> I think they got a chance. You know, just got to get some things to break the right way and stop getting arrested at Taco Bell. But you know that's 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 good that's good advice for any of us, you know. That's good advice for any of us. Shouts to Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina, shouts to Terry MF and Teagle, legend. That's the legend. There you go. 81-82 Baylor basket. Is that the schedule on the back of that card? You got. There we go. If you would like to see what Paris is holding, promoting Baylor. Check out the YouTube channel, subscribe, and you can see that he's got the 81-82 Baylor schedule. Out of curiosity, who'd they open with that season? Wisconsin. Really? Baylor-Wisconsin opener? Yeah, in Oshkosh. They played them in Oshkosh. Of course they did. They had to go meet the Badgers in Oshkosh. That's a hell of a way to open the season. Hey, this will make you laugh. You know when it... First game, you know when it was? Take a guess at the date. Oh, that's actually a good one. I'm going to say 81-82. 1981, I'll say Baylor played at Wisconsin... Give me December 2. November 27th. Yeah. yeah. Then they backed that up with a game against Colorado. Then Texas San Antonio. Then Nebraska at Missouri. And then a showdown with McMurray College. But you know what? That's a loaded front end schedule. I give credit. Whoever was coaching back here. Was this Bill Henderson? No. I I think Bill Henderson might have... I, I hope he was with us, but he might have shuffled off this mortal coil by 8182. You, you know, it's hard to keep track of. It's hard to keep track of. Huck, Larnell, 
Thank you guys once again for watching, listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. There's more of us than there are of them. Terry Teagle's one of us. It needs to be reflected in the comments. So if you haven't done that yet, go do it. We'll talk to you again real soon. We'll see you on TV real soon. Till then. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.